before we begin our Torah study tonight, let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. I want to start by telling you a, a short story about how, um, how the Lord stirred me for tonight and for tomorrow. I spent most of the week in Orlando with rabbis who are part of the Messianic movement and with the leaders, the steering committee of the IAMCS, the International Alliance of Messianic Congregations and Synagogues, um, in order to have board meetings to review the year that's passed and then to make plans for the future. And we started the IMCS steering committee meeting on Tuesday morning with prayer. And Rabbi David Chernoff is the chairman of the steering committee and, and he was encouraging us to pray and we prayed for a while and then there was a moment, it wasn't really a lull, it was interesting, but he stopped everybody. Now right before he stopped everybody, I got one word that I wrote down and it was a word that just seemed a little bit unusual to me. But he stopped everybody and he said, did anybody receive a word from the Lord? And so I said, well, I did. And at that moment, it was interesting because I wasn't holding back, but when I wrote the word down, I thought, I wonder what this is for or when. And as soon as I completed that thought, Rabbi Chernoff said, does anyone have a word from the Lord? And I said, well, I do have a word from the Lord, and it really is a word. It's one word, and I wrote it down, and as soon as you asked, I knew it's for us. And he said, well, what is it? And I said, the word is begat. And everybody looked you know, like, what? Yeah, what? Not Levine again. <laughs> and I said, can I, can I pray? And so I just started praying that we would have, and this is not good English, but we would have the begat anointing and that we would be used by God and in the future it would be said that, that we begat shepherds for the house of Israel and we begat messianic rabbis and rebbitzen and we begat messianic congregations all over the world. And when I started praying like that, the anointing of God, if it's, you know, sometimes it's palpable, uh, it was strong in moving on all the rabbis who just enthusiastically began to pray for this. And it enlivened and refreshed us. And so um, I was stirred by that. And then I was contemplating the fact that this week the Torah portion is called Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah. And though it marks the end of Sarah's life, it's a good time to consider the impact of her life. 
and what she begat. In, in fact, the scriptures encourage all of us to take time to consider both Abraham and Sarah. And it's noteworthy because Sarah is identified as an equal with Abraham, a true companion and a partner in life. And our mother, the woman who brought forth our people. And so I encourage you to read about Sarah's life. Not just the conclusion of her life, but all that led up to it. But not just that. To read what the scriptures have to say about her. And I want to I wanna whet your appetite because I think it will help us focus on that begat anointing for ourselves. So if you have a Bible with you, turn to Isaiah chapter 51. We'll look at two verses, verses one and two. And, and how many of you have a, a real Bible? Yeah. And how many of you have a real Bible? This kind, the digital, yeah. That's great. You know, one day our great-grandchildren will be amused when we talk about books. And they'll say, what's a book? because they will only have digital things, perhaps. But as for me and my house, we will always have some paper. <laughs> Isaiah 51, verse 1, listen to me. You who pursue righteousness, who seek the Lord. You could say that's a very broad call. Everyone who has faith in God. Everyone who is seeking God, everyone who wants to live their life with faith is getting this instruction. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. And then it elaborates in detail. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you in pain. Let's say those two words, in pain. Now, it doesn't use the begat word, the, the normal begat word, or the word that's translated begat, which is basically a form of the word yelled that um, brings forth a child. It uses instead a word that, that has to do with writhing in pain. Now, if you think about it, now, I, I, I have thought about it a little bit because I remember a woman, a friend of ours, who had several children uh, in her 20s and then in her early 30s, but she conceived and was pregnant in her 40s. And when she gave birth, it was very difficult for her. And she said things in the birthing room to her husband that uh, you can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, but she wrote things in the bathroom, warning women, because she was in such pain. So I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking, Sarah, who was past the age of possible childbirth, not just a little past, but decades past, and she was able to conceive, you'd have to say it's supernatural, right? 
It was, because God said only he was going to make her able. She was barren otherwise. But he made her able, but it was late. Not just a little late in life, but a lot late in life. And so she was able to give birth. And as the scripture says here, it was painful. And I'm sure it wasn't just physical pain, but the time that it took from receiving a word until the time of conception, through the pregnancy, through the delivery, all of that included some time of pain, some time of difficulty. But we're told to look to her. Look to Abraham and to Sarah, who gave birth in pain. When he was but one, I called him, and then I blessed him, and I multiplied him. But I want you to grasp this. God called Abraham, but he didn't call only Abraham. Because it wasn't just through Abraham, it was through Abraham and Sarah. Say that with me. And Sarah. And when Abraham tried without Sarah, it didn't go well. And it's still not going well. It cost Sarah a lot to give birth. And we're indebted to her. And we're indebted to every mother who's writhed in pain to bring us forth, whether she brought forth through natural childbirth or through spiritual birth as well. And Sarah not only gave birth to Isaac, the son of the covenant, she gave birth to a nation. She gave birth to all those who have put their trust in the God of heaven and earth. She gave birth to all those who trust in the God of Israel. And though she was not born a Jew, I hope you knew that. How many knew that already? She was not born Jewish. Uh, well, Abraham wasn't born a Jew either. How many knew that? Okay, take notes if you need to so you can answer that question better next time. I knew that. Because Abraham was the one who, through whom the Jewish people would come forth. But he wasn't born Jewish. Are you okay with that? Because God's okay with that. And Sarah was not born a Jew, but she, came, she became the mother of the Jewish people. And the covenant that God made with Abraham also included Sarah. So Genesis 17, if you can turn there, Genesis 17, verse 15. God said to Abraham, as, verse, as for Sarai, your wife, don't call her Sarai anymore, for her name is to be Sarah. And I will bless her, and I will surely give you a son by her. So it wasn't just all about Abraham. Is that clear? God called Abraham, yes, but he called Abraham and Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her and she will be the mother of nations, or of Goyim, in the same way that God said to Abraham, you'll be the father of Goyim. So the father of the Jewish people and the father of Goyim, of nations. Kings of peoples will descend from her. Do you see the parallel to the promise of Abraham? 
God does. That's why he's saying it very clearly. And then we'll go to verse 17. Abraham fell upon his face and he laughed. Now Sarah also laughed. But Abraham laughed. Sometimes we forget that Abraham laughed too. Which tells us they both had a sense of humor. So this is the origins of Jewish humor. And they both understand how the natural world works. They're not confused about the, the physical time during which it's normal to be able to conceive and to give birth. So Abraham falls on his face and laughs and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is 100 years old? That's, in other words, Unto me? And shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, shall she bear? It's interesting. He's laughing at the idea. But he's not laughing in unbelief. He's laughing in astonishment. And then verse 19. God replied, your wife Sarah will indeed bear you a son, and you are to name him Yitzchak, which is a play on words related to laughter. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Now that's interesting. There's a promise here. It's a promise not only that you will beget a son, but that you will beget generations and multiple generations and Hundreds and hundreds of generations. Now here's the thing, you can't begat that many generations yourself. It's not possible. You may be able to give birth to a person, but you can't begat a people unless that's what God called you to do and to be, and he enables not just you, but those through you to continue the process. So let's remember this, that the promise God made Abraham was connected to Sarah, and through the fulfillment of this promise, the child of the covenant will be born, and through this child, the covenant will be extended. And so it's not just through Abraham, it's, it's above and beyond, and that's one of the reasons we're told to consider both Abraham and Sarah and not Abraham alone. Now let's turn to one more passage in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. That's an easy one to remember, 11, 11. This was written to Messianic Jews. And it says this, by faith, Sarah. Let's say that together, by faith, Sarah. This is very important because it's not just by faith Abraham. By faith Sarah, even though she was barren and beyond the proper age. You see, everybody understood some natural things. It's not like these people were uh, primitive. They weren't. They were wise and they had great understanding and great wisdom and they understood that Sarah is beyond the proper age. But by faith, Sarah was enabled to conceive a child. How did she conceive a child? By faith. 
Now, it's important to distinguish between faith and um, human positive thinking. Sarah was sort of the opposite. She didn't think her way into this. She didn't say, you know, one day when it's impossible, I'm going to give birth. It was the Lord who spoke to her, and it was the Lord who enabled her, and her faith was trusting God. So by trusting God, she was able to conceive. Because, now this because prepares us for a really important idea. Because she considered him faithful, who had promised. She trusted him, not because she had blind faith, but because she had seen that the one who made this promise was faithful. He was dependable. He didn't lie. What he said comes to pass. What he, what he speaks about is true. You can rely upon it. His word is authoritative. He's not without power. He can do everything that he says he's going to do. Sarah is identified here as a woman of faith. And she considered God faithful, and she considered the promise that God made to be a reliable promise. Now, with that in mind, I want to go back to the idea of the begat anointing. And I want to speak to you about that, even though I concede it's not good English to say the begat anointing. But maybe you get the point already that the begat anointing, the anointing to beget, how many times in Scripture have you read, and so-and-so begat so-and-so? In fact, some of the most skipped passages in Scripture are the begats. <laughs> Can you confirm that? That when you're reading and you're a little bit in a hurry, or you're trying to stay awake, or you're trying to keep yourself motivated, when you come up across those begats, it's easy just to go, blah, blah, and <laughs> skip right through them and... Get on with the juicy part of the scriptures. Now as we're preparing for Hanukkah and the end of the common calendar year, here's a question. What do you hope to beget? And when I use that word, I'm, I'm thinking of it in many different terms. To give birth, yes. But to, to give life to and to sustain the life of and also to cause to prosper from birth. And you could think about it in two dimensions. One is as an individual, and another one is as a team. Or sometimes that team may be a couple. Sometimes it may be a family. Sometimes it may be the congregation. Sometimes maybe uh, your ministry team in the congregation. But think about it at a lot of different levels. And don't get hung up on begatting uh, in a physical sense. Because if you think about it, no man ever begat a child himself. Am I right? Now, there is one case of a woman who begat without a man. Miriam. But there's no case of a man who begat without a woman. Because even... Adam, right, it's good that you think of that, even Adam did not begat his wife. 
She was separated from him. Uh, God took part of him, and then God made a woman. Uh, Adam did not make the woman. In, in fact, when he saw the woman, I mean, he was excited. <laughs> you know, he just looked at all the animals. He wasn't so excited, but he saw her and was like, wow. I, that's a good translation of the Hebrew. Yeah. Like, wow, what is it? <laughs> the Lord said, it's a woman. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know there was such a thing. And the Lord said, there wasn't. Now there is. And Adam is like, wow, this is so cool. What do you do with one? <laughs> that was fun. But, but don't get hung up on, on this. And don't think only about natural childbirth. Because really, Sarah's childbirth was unnatural childbirth as was Miriam, the mother of Yeshua. Um, and men, think about this, you also can beget. Women can beget without being a physical mother, step-parents, foster parents. For that matter, grandparents don't beget grandchildren. Am I right? <laughs> Sometimes you wish you could when you're having difficulty with teenagers, it's like, couldn't we just have skipped this and gone straight to the grandchildren? But you can't beget grandchildren. You could beget one generation that can beget another. And yet grandparents beget in a certain spiritual sense. And you could go on and on and think about what you want to beget. What do you want to see over time when you can look back and say, we begat. We begat what God put in our heart. I know for Sandy and me, one of the things that's, that's been in our heart for decades is that, that we would beget rabbis and shepherds for the house of Israel. Rabbis and Rebbitzin. But not only rabbis and Rebbitzin, because shepherds for the house of Israel can, they don't have to be clergy, they can be a person who invests their life in discipling one Jewish person who makes a difference. Amen. We want to beget congregations, messianic synagogues. We want to beget children who are faithful. Faithful to us and to the Lord. We want grandchildren who are faithful to us and to the Lord. And so when we look back, we want to be able to say, and this Lord is what we begat. You have to know what's in your heart, what you, what you desire from the Lord. What do you want to bring life to? What do you want to sustain? And, and I'm not talking about the simple thing of giving birth to. That's only part of begetting. Because there's responsibility after you beget. How many of you know that? You don't 
give birth to a child and walk away. You give birth and you nurture and take care of. You don't just, oh, some people, this will be good for you. You don't just get it in your heart, I want to be married and have a family, and then you think, if I can just find that person, that woman, that guy, then everything will be great, and all of my dreams will be fulfilled. Because once you find that person and you do get married, then you have the rest of your life to face challenges together. It's not that you will have no more challenges. It's you'll have challenges that you face together. Sometimes the challenges will be between you. And sometimes you'll be together facing those challenges. But it's not that all your problems will be solved. And even the language of Isaiah is interesting. It's not just that Sarah gave birth, she conceived. It's not just that she conceived, she gave birth in pain. So understand this, there is a price you pay to beget. To have the un- beget anointing, you, you want to beget what is legitimate in God's eyes, what belongs to God, and what he wants you to beget. What is one of the great tragedies in life? It's, it's that children have biological parents who don't care for them. Thank the Lord for foster parents. Thank the Lord for adoptive parents. Those of you in the congregation who have taken those roles, you are, you are continuing this faithful role, this begat anointing, and you are giving your life to a child that you didn't physically beget but spiritually you're taking responsibility. You're the one who's praying for, you're the one who's providing for, you're the one who's loving. It's important. And I really want to, I want you to consider, and I want to encourage you to consider this question, what's in my heart that I want to beget? And for some of you, you're going to have to ponder it and meditate upon it. And for others of you, something quickly may come to mind. There may be something absolutely clear that is in your heart. Some of you will remember that you've forgotten something, that the Lord put something in your heart, and there was a time when you had passion and commitment and desire, and you could pray without ceasing, and you could pray continually. But maybe you went so long and didn't receive, and you thought, I guess it's not going to happen. And you, before the Lord, have to search that and have to examine that with God to see whether you gave up when you shouldn't have and whether he wants you to be renewed in your hope. It's important to know that... um, some of you may discover that there's something that's been floating around in, in your mind in an unformed way or in your heart or in your spirit. And if you'll spend time seeking the Lord and you'll spend time in his word, that which is fuzzy will become more clear to you. 
And maybe, maybe you already know, but you can't articulate it. You can see it, or you have an idea of it, but you can't put it into words. Some of you may be remembering what was on your heart or what was on your mind during Kadima 2019, the Messianic Mishpacha Shabbaton, and you may remember what you asked one of the rabbis to pray about for you. And, and by the way, great news. We're planning Kadima 2020. But it won't be next November. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing. It's gonna be the first week of 2020. The first week of January. Yeah, the three rabbis will be returning here to be with us, and they're gonna help usher in the, the new year and set our course for the coming year. They're gonna come, um, like they'll arrive, God willing, on New Year's Eve. And then they'll be here uh, that weekend. And, and we're thinking about something. They'll be here Friday and Saturday, and then Saturday we have to go to the rabbi's conference in Orlando. So we're thinking maybe we should do something Thursday evening in addition where we can continue, for instance, the, the Q&A, the question and answer time that, that we had a taste of um, last week. And, and we can hear... If we have three sessions, we can hear from each of the rabbis. So think about that, and if, if, if you're interested in that, if you're available for that Thursday, we're willing to schedule something additional. Uh, how many, let me just get a show of hands, how many of you would be interested? It's enough, yeah, okay. I'll ask this Saturday group the same thing. And if enough people want to do it, then, then um, we'll schedule that. So mark the first weekend of January on your calendar so you can be with us that Friday and Saturday and that Thursday. Now I know some of you, you're thinking about what do I want to beget? And some of you are saying that you, you want clarity. Some of you are thinking, well I, I really need focus about this. And if that's you, I want to ask you just to stand up for just a moment and let's pray together. I want to pray that, that you'll have clarity from the Lord, that you'll be able to focus from the Lord. And if you already know, but you want something stirred up in you and you want like the, the love of what it is that you have not received, or if, if you need your hope renewed, even if it seems impossible, you can stand up. I want to pray for all of those kinds of people. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are a God who speaks and it comes to pass. Every word that you speak is true. We're thankful, Lord, for your veracity. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We thank you that you always tell the truth. You're not a man that you would lie. We thank you, Lord, that in you, every yes is yes. And amen. Every promise that you've made is confirmed in Yeshua. 
We thank you that you're not a yes and no. Lord, you're not double-minded. You are singular in your purpose. And I pray, Lord, I pray for each man and each woman who's standing here right now. Whatever their situation is, if they need clarity, bring forth clarity. If they need focus, let that come forward. If they need courage or encouragement, encourage their hearts and their minds and their spirits. If they need the restoration of faith, Lord, let it come as they're abiding with you and in your word. Renew their faith as in days of old for them. Lord, I pray that each of us would set our hearts on the the things that are precious to you, the things that you want to bring forth through us and by us for the sake of others and for your sake. Thank you, Lord, that you have made us sons and daughters of Abraham and Sarah. And let it be said of us in the future that by faith we trusted you. By faith we considered you faithful who promised. And we thank you, Lord, in the name of Yeshua, Amen. Amen. Thank you. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. You can remain standing. If you're by yourself, please move enough so that you're not by yourself. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'era Adonai p'navelecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai p'navelecha v'yasemlecha Shalom. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.